0: relax those beats
1: mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high this is grown local with billy wayne davis and mike McGowan. <laughs> oh
2: there
1: it is
3: oh what little oh. good ron funches oh.
1: And then a little red beard at the end. Just never gets old. Makes me happy every time. And you guys are like, you, you say that every time. You know what I'm talking about. You feel that way, too. Oh, my goodness. What a good episode we got. Actually, it's going to be two episodes, if we're being honest. So don't be like, oh, when you get to the end, like there's some cliffhanger. Okay, just be prepared. There's Because some of these interviews we, we did, we we ran long because it's just fascinating what we're talking about, and these people are super interesting and dynamic. And we, we didn't, we didn't want to cut them short. We wanted to give proper time with them. So what we've done is we've cut them in two, so you can enjoy them. Uh, this one was really cool. Uh, we walk in. Just can you set? you want to set? I mean, there was snow on the ground, and we and we <laughs> went. This was was this the first? No, this wasn't the first on location. This no. was not the first on location, but we we showed up and there was a self defense class going on
3: in the lobby. I guess you would call it. Well, it was weird because like we walk in the door, and you just hear like a dude yelling, and it's the outside of the building is just like a brick building, looks like an office building. So no, I just agree. No yeah, it's just chill, but you walk in and dude's just like, give me that. Give me that and yelling, at it's like the fuck is going on. And then there was just the class there, and some dude just and I was He's like, letting what him what know how fuck? it's done.
1: I felt safe. I felt safer just being Sorry. near him. And then Wanda James walks out, striking, just a presence. And I was like, oh, here we go. Uh, we're about to get dropped with some some knowledge is about to get dropped. Some wisdom, you know. She just had that someone walks in the
3: room she has that kind of presence we're like okay yes to make an impact like that right after you had already had a dude shouting Mm -hmm. when you walk into the room it's just like oh shit and if she planned all that you know even
1: more respect (laughs) but i just i don't think we should even mess around on this one i think we should um there's this well We'll let him introduce himself. That's what he was a surprise guest that we were like, please come join us. um, Do the thing, just do the thing,
3: ladies and gentlemen. Give it up for Wanda James and Tahir Johnson. Oh, um, so yeah, are we starting or yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, we're we start. Can do okay, it I didn't know we we're yeah. starting after you, Miss James.
4: Uh, Wanda James, uh, CEO of Simply Pure Dispensary and on social. I am Wanda L. James on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, and they kicked me off LinkedIn, so.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was so crazy. I went to tag you the other day, and I was like, "She's not here." Like, what the (laughs) hell? And I was searching. I thought it was something wrong with me. I I swear, I looked for like ten minutes. No, no, no. They kicked me off. I want. I want to
3: hear (laughs) hits, but I want to understand LinkedIn kicking (laughs) you off. Yeah. Um,
0: And what's up, everybody? My name is tahir Johnson. I am the director of social equity and inclusion for the U.S. Cannabis Council. Um, and on social media, you can find me at Todd Diddy, um, on Instagram, Twitter. I'm still on Facebook. I'm still on LinkedIn. They're not gonna let them get me. I love LinkedIn too much. So.
3: <laughs> so, funny. so wait, how'd you get knocked off of LinkedIn? Well,
4: I tend to be very outspoken. And um, I've had two episodes with LinkedIn and racism and police. One happened during the January 6th insurrection. Um, they put me back on. And then the last week with, you know, every day I woke up last week, there was a cop murder or a cop kneeling. And, and so when I put up things um, that expresses, you know, what I feel about where black America is with policing and all the things that happen. Um, you know the cops come out of the woodwork and just start on me and i'm not someone that sits there and sits silently and so when i respond back to these people in the same way that they respond to me then more cops get on there and i'm sure they keep reporting me and so linkedin decided that somehow another the black woman's voice was the problem
3: and not the cops but Mm. that's cool that sounds about on par for america right it does
1: (laughs) it does i would say whole world if we're gonna
3: be honest about it (laughs) if
4: we're gonna be honest about it you know and you know and i was gonna sit there and start fighting with it i'm like why am i you guys don't want me here so fine bye
3: wow well, it's their loss then.
4: Well, I told them I was gonna. I told the people when they kicked me off, you know, customer service, that I was going to talk about LinkedIn very bad publicly and very often. So we'll let them deal with it.
3: We're doing it right and
2: now. Yeah. Man.
4: Here we <laughs> <laughs> Let the onslaught begin.
2: <laughs> 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 do,
3: do, do. Fuck LinkedIn. We don't even fuck with it.
4: Exactly. Exactly.
3: Our logo. We won't release any podcast on LinkedIn <laughs> at all. I'm okay. I mean, we can do LinkedIn. That's,
1: that's more than. We, yeah, we can see here's the thing what you need to do is you get into their system and then you get loud with it and then they kick you off again and then you get louder because i don't think they realize like kicking you out is a dumb move it really is you martyr motherfuckers and i don't know if you're familiar with history but a cause loves a a martyr don't they they love it
4: don't they Mm -hmm. don't they and then
1: some people love being martyrs (laughs) So when you, or they're setting you up to be martyrs, yep. it's uh, just read. That's all I want to, if, if yeah. everyone would read more s- stuff would stop really slow down,
4: well, and the good thing about LinkedIn is I'm not looking for a job. You know, I'm a job, <laughs> I'm, I'm a job maker. So <laughs> since I'm not creator, looking for a job, right. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not concerned about LinkedIn. So <laughs> yeah.
1: how did you get to, you mentioned earlier before we were recording that you're from Los Angeles.
4: Um, From everywhere, actually. My dad was military, so okay. grew up overseas um, and then back and forth to Colorado. So he went to, you know, Germany, Colorado, Germany, Colorado, England, Colorado. And so Colorado has been my home base um, growing up. So I went to high school and college here. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I joined the military, uh, lived in... New York City, Bermuda, Norfolk. And you got
1: better stations than he did. I did.
4: I yeah. did. Well, Germany was kind of cool, yeah. you know. So Germany is kind of nice, but the Navy has better stations than the Air Force. So yeah, that's- but they have
1: harder jobs overall
4: but we have a place to sleep every night That's and we're true. not in the dirt very often That's so true. i'm okay with mm-hmm. that there are good idea. things there are good things with the navy and, and our uniforms look just so much better <laughs> they
1: are so
4: much better so
1: cool. much better
2: <laughs>
4: 100% yes so then i ended up in la after the military right in time for the Rodney king beating and um you know la you know became a young adult in los angeles and so la is home for me kind of and so was denver yeah denver la
1: but you've been on like how did you i'm sure well being in the military when did you get a hold of cannabis for the first time
4: when i was 16 16. 16. so i have been a cannabis connoisseur um for most of my life and i know parents out there are just like oh man why is she <laughs> saying this but but here's That's the thing though thought. i mean real talk you, you know um, i'm not a mom but you know, your kids are going to drink beer, they're going to shoot Wild Irish Rose, Um, you know, and if I had a child, I would be thrilled if my kid became a fan of cannabis and not of alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I will say that growing up, and even in college and in high school, I never had a lot of the issues that a lot of young women have, because I've never had a drunken moment at a Party, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. I've had a stone moment at a party, but the more stones you get, you get paranoid, right? You're like, why are these guys over there looking at me? What's going on? I'm going home. I'm gonna <laughs> go get me a cheesecake. I'm going home. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So you find that you know a, a healthy set of paranoia, I believe, in cannabis um, maybe helped me avoid a lot of things that a lot of young women run into, you know, in college and high school situations.
1: There's a comedian named Doug Stanhope who talks about. <clears throat> Uh, the reason you get paranoid when you do drugs is because you're not supposed to be doing drugs; they're illegal, so you should be a little paranoid. <laughs> Which is like one of the best <laughs> pieces of advice that I've ever heard about drugs. Where I was like, "That is," so, he's like, "You, you should be a little like, paranoid. You should be a little paranoid because you're not supposed to be doing those things." And it's just the the clearest way. Like that's I have children, and I think I have two boys, and I think a lot of. Like, I'm not one of those, like, oh, I'm not going to tell my kids how I was. I'd like, uh, we don't talk about daddy's 20s or anything. We're like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I'm exactly. going to tell you what I did, what works, what you should, and what you shouldn't expect. Is because when you don't, like those kids that, I mean, my parents were protective, mm-hmm. but they weren't overprotective. And I had friends that parents were overprotective, and they go insane, insane with freedom. Yep. yep. It's a lot where you're like, yep. oh man, this is bad. Well, and
4: it's funny to me that so many, you know, once again, not having children and now and speaking to my friends that do have children. And the ones that I've known their entire lives, they act like their kids aren't going to do what they did. Like one of my one of my girlfriends was concerned about her son losing his virginity at like 16 or whatever, and I was like, "Girl, you lost yours before then." So, <laughs> I, you know, yeah. I mean, I remember you know when that happened. So what are you talking about? You know, and that was 30 years ago. So mm-hmm. what do you expect your children to do? And I'm just sometimes so shocked that parents act like their kids are going to be, you know, the perfect version of what they weren't.
0: Yeah, and I think also like when you talk about cannabis, there there really shouldn't be the stigma. Like you said, it's much better than alcohol anyway. Um, My parents were actually, um, they were, were, my mom and dad always would say like, don't do drugs, but like smoking weed, they they let me know the difference, that it was like, okay, you know what I mean? It's not a drug, it's a plant, so. Um, but that I was never, you know, it was like, okay. So I, you know, I started smoking weed for the first time when I was what. Somewhere in high school It's probably like freshman year or something. Okay. So what was it, like 14, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really start smoking regularly until like college, like mm-hmm. at Howard, like I was that dude, like I was blazing hard, like all day, <laughs> every day. Like turning and you people, everybody that and you I didn't actually. You're
4: supposed to be. But like, uh, I still did
0: well without it. But <laughs> the reason I didn't graduate, didn't have anything to do with Canada, it, it was actually more like financial because like I was like mm-hmm. in again, out again, like because mm-hmm. I didn't have like, you know, be in it mm-hmm. like for paying for school because I didn't mm-hmm. have like any financial aid or anything like that. Um, and actually, while I was in school, I started studying finance and I like I, I was able to get that like get. Amazingly, be able to get it with like get the type of job, like I said, financial advisor without finishing college. So then I I went back and I thought about finishing at some point, but then I was like, What the hell do I even have to do this for? Yeah, like I was like, because the the reason I still kind of wanted to do it was like to make my mom proud, like, and also I spent so much time like invested in Howard. But now my goal, that, so like after I, so I when Puff, they gave Puff an honorary doctorate, and he never graduated grade. from Howard. So that's my goal, <laughs> and honorary. that's on my bucket list. Honorary. I'm trying to get an honorary I mean, doctorate from uh, Howard. So. I,
1: I went to Western Kentucky University. I'm mm-hmm. a professional stand-up comedian, and I didn't graduate because hey. I realized it was a scam for what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. It's a scam for what a lot of people want mm-hmm. to do, and that has been my goal the whole time. Is because I speak for a living they should give me an honorary, an honorary degree, degree because I did it without having to pay them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like,
1: isn't that what y'all were but teaching you, me? You know, I think
0: it works. I right. think you have to go back and give money to the school. Oh, and then that's they're, they're never they getting a motherfucking
1: <laughs> That's so funny. Because they're overcharging everybody, so they don't need more money. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, they see, I, I'll be glad to give, to, when I'm in a position to be able to give Howard some real money. I love that school, man. Yeah. See,
1: that's different. Yeah. That's different because of... Well, b- a black university really needs, to, mm-hmm. I'm talking about a state school in Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking said, about Fuck two em. different institutions.
0: Fuck <laughs> <laughs> yes. Said, Sorry, they go, you're going to have to figure it out. Huh? <laughs> like, you want you,
4: your free can, piece of paper. Yes. <laughs> right.
3: Yes. Yeah, we're talking about two different That's so funny. <laughs> institutions for sure. So then, how did you get involved in cannabis? the business side of Cannabis. cannabis
4: um so the only time that I didn't actively smoke um or consume was my five years in the military because a military officer you get caught with illegal substance uh, UCMJ you go directly to Leavenworth and there is no plea bargains so that <laughs> penalty was way too high it's for... a serious institution yeah. To... <laughs> it, no, yeah, Leavenworth is pretty serious um so Once again, coming out of of the military um, and being in Los Angeles, uh, you know, cannabis has always been the thing that we've done. And when we left LA uh, and moved to Colorado, I had the great opportunity of meeting this tall, skinny guy uh, with big ears by the name of Barack Obama, who came out for a Mm -hmm. fundraiser. And uh, back then, early in his beginning, the process, there was only... Was 10, he a state
2: senator then? He was a U.S. senator Sen- by yeah, that point.
4: Gotcha. Um, but there was still only a few people in Colorado that were in the room. I, I don't remember, but it was probably less than 10. Mm-hmm. So kind of how we're all sitting around right here, and yeah. you know, we're all sitting around with you know, with Barack, you know, chit-chatting about <laughs> stuff, you know? But which was great, though, because that's how you get to know politicians, right? Because if you're trying to get to know them once they're already there, you'll never get... To the inside, you know. If you meet them, you know, before they're there, you get the chance to get to know them. And um, I had the opportunity of being on his national finance committee, wow. and so we knew that after he won office, that the Ogden memo was coming out that would have allowed, you know, states to, to do their thing. And during this whole period, um, my younger brother, who I had met uh, a couple years before, uh, I had found out that he was in prison for uh, possession of about four ounces of weed. <sighs> and when he first met me, because we That's were raised...
1: That's less than $1,000, you guys. Yeah. That's less than $1,000. Oh, less
4: than 164 I mean, this is back in the day, right? So this was, remember LID? So that was $40, $30, $20 mm-hmm. and a, yeah. a dime, right? when so my dad talks so about it. He and his, yeah. So he and his four friends got together on a, on a Friday night, you know, and they all put up 40 bucks, and he went in and grabbed the, you know, four ounces of weed for... Everybody and weed guy threw in a little bit extra, and uh, you know my brother got popped with the whole four ounces of weed, and so he ended up getting a ten-year sentence for cannabis. And four of those years, um, he spent in a privatized prison system in in Texas. And my brother, my black brother, picked cotton in Texas for four years to purchase his freedom. And when he told me this, I got to tell you. I didn't believe him because in my world, at the it's university, a
1: hard thing to believe,
4: but isn't it? And yeah. at the university of Colorado, I mean, one of the CUPD used to deliver the weed to us at our dorm. You know what I mean? So it was never a, um, a stigma behind it. And I grew up without thinking there was a stigma behind it. And even after the military and my professional life, all of my doctor friends smoked weed, mm-hmm. all of my Hollywood friends smoked weed, you know, yeah. all these rich white folks smoked weed. So. I never thought it was an issue. I thought you got a ticket at the most, you know, someone might get mad at you, but that was really about all that happened. So when we found out that the state was going to allow people to open up dispensaries, um, politics was my game, and it always has been, Mm -hmm. and we wanted to open up A dispensary to be political now my husband is a serial entrepreneur so we knew it would be a good business (laughs) so well we thought it was going to be a good business jesus um (laughs) we rethink that you know a decade ago right those
1: regulations it was then yeah exactly before
4: before everything happened and so we use the dispensary to be able to politically speak about cannabis and we've been doing that now for 11 years openly and without fear. And without fear part becomes being in politics, I have senators on speed dial. I was Congressman Jared Polis' campaign manager who was now Governor Jared Polis. So when you've got that kind of hierarchy back in you, I was like, yeah, sell some wheat
1: <laughs> You know, let's see so what like happens. It's, it's you're a white person, if for lack of a better term, if that makes sense. Do you see what I'm saying? And I can say that because of my freckles and fair skin, is that because of that political backing that you... It is. Privilege. happen to have... Privilege. At privilege, let's say power in this instance... Yep. ...that a white people don't understand that they have... Some yep. really do and yep. others don't. Yep. Mm-hmm. But that's what we're trying to make... Yep. ...that you had to think of different ways to get into the industry than Mike or I would... Yep. ...because of hoops and things that literally till probably five or ten years ago didn't cross my mind yep. either. Yeah. Uh, I think the term is woke or whatever. It's it's a very loaded term now. It oh. is. We don't it know is. if we want to be woke or not.
4: It's, right? it's, yeah.
2: it's, it is exactly <laughs> Someone calls you that you like is that <laughs> like wait a minute. <laughs> Where do you stand on that?
1: <laughs> but it is it's just and I retweeted this yesterday cuz it's it's a comedian that I just thought was funny. He's like every time I go into the dispensary I just like once they hand me my weight i'm like now how many black people do you employ here yeah i saw that <laughs> watch their fucking shit turn i was like it is so it's 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 a part of yep it's fucked.
4: no i mean it's crazy how many um people of color are are not involved and it's because of the history right, right. i mean right. and even uh even when we came out of the cannabis closet there was an article written it came out on my birthday in 2009 actually from one of the denver post reporters the phone calls that we got afterwards, you know, when we said we were opening up a dispensary and this is why we were doing it, man, the black politicians and the black people in town and everybody else was like, are you crazy? And it was two ways. One, how dare you, you know, do this because drugs have destroyed our community. And I'm like, well, this isn't the case. It's mm-hmm. been marketed to you all wrong. Mm-hmm. And then the other side was um, black politicians and powerful people saying, you've just destroyed your career. No one's ever going to speak to you again. And I'm like, I own a Jamaican restaurant and I went to the University of Colorado. Who was surprised that I smoked weed? <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, you're really surprised. Um, but, y- y- you know, it's been a, it's been an interesting um, I bet it helps comfort. my
1: Jamaican restaurant. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? Jerk chicken. Jerk chicken. It's a whole nother a whole level. level. It goes real good with the teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See? Or indigo. Or, or indigo. I was yeah, just India, Oh,
4: either way. Mm-hmm. Go either way. Mm-hmm. It's jerk chicken and sativa. Jerk chicken. You ain't fucking around.
2: A... I am now hungry. I was, just, I was just thinking. I was yeah, like, oh, where's man, I, don't want, I don't
0: know if we're going to Teds tonight.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we just order in.
2: <laughs> just order Tell in. me about it.
3: But so, how did that feel to get such a cross of opinions coming at you from you know? Well,
1: look, let me ask you this.
3: Sorry to interrupt. Oh, that's fine. You can do that.
1: He did. Uh, Billy Wayne. Uh, what, was, what was the most shocking? Because there's the expectations, especially if you're politically mm-hmm. minded. Do you understand mm-hmm. what minefield you're walking into? Mm-hmm. What was the most shocking backlash, for lack of a better term, that you got?
4: The most shocking backlash... Um, So let me say this, being in Colorado, and there was a reason why Colorado, and I know that Washington legalized on the same night, and I'll give it up for them, but um, cannabis in Colorado, anybody that's grown up here, it is an institution here. The fact that Colorado legalized first, make no mistake, I don't think that that was um, an oddity or something. That was going to happen Mm -hmm. here of the way that, I mean, it's just been a big deal here in Colorado for, I think, 1962, Playboy first said that CU was a party school was the first time we hit the Playboy top, whatever it was on. And they talked about the cannabis use at CU, which Mm -hmm. was why they named us as a party college, right? So cannabis in Colorado has always been a big thing. So there wasn't a lot of blowback necessarily in Colorado. Um, But what I found most interesting, though, was quite frankly, was the response of law enforcement in Colorado about cannabis. And even to today, you know, every year, you know, the cops say that they need more and more money to be able to handle the cannabis issue because now it's legal. What? What? (laughs) <laughs> exactly right so I, I mean and the the swift response of i mean we were raided people being raided in in colorado which i found really kind of crazy given the fact that we've been grown not we but the collective we have been growing in colorado for 100 years and nobody got raided but the minute it gets legal all of a sudden everybody's getting raided ah. so mm-hmm. i think that i found <laughs> the, the law enforcement reaction to the legalization of cannabis probably some of the most shocking
1: but telling to where they're yeah to where they're really, they're. What the deal is. Yes. Well, it's very telling. I had a mm-hmm. friend of mine, he's a, he, I don't know exactly what he does now, but at the time uh, in law enforcement in Tennessee, and I think it, he for a while would fly in the helicopters and Pointed mm-hmm. out, you know, and, t- the fields. and I would make him wear this shirt I made that had a pot leaf that said, Laughter's uh, the second best medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I made him wear it underneath his, his jumpsuit. He was like, Everyone else thinks it's funny. He was like, But I almost got in trouble. I was like, Who do you, you mean? He's like, I showed it to everybody I work with. They think it's really mm-hmm. funny, but. And I was like, oh, the only reason I do it. So you and I would wear like his task force thing, and then just send him things. to me so like, from like Washington State. I would never yeah. do it then, from a safe place. Yes, yeah. it right. would just be like with me. Yeah, just like I'm next to the space needle doing this. So you know where I'm doing. Um, but he and I would get in arguments, and he stopped arguing with me about it because all his facts were from nowhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then one time he said, "Well." You know we can't control the controlled substances like pills right now. So why would we? And I was like, why would we legalize this? And I was like, so you can admit that you guys don't, don't know what you're doing, don't know what you're doing, and can't control it at all. So why wouldn't we <clears throat> legalize it? And right. then you just see his face be like, okay. When they taught me, they told me that response. They didn't tell me anything past that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I got, I, I got yeah. the first level, or, and, then, and I, then we're done. And
1: I told him one night because I've known him since we were in high school. And you know, some of our other friends, too, that were with us, too, they're lawyers in Atlanta, but they're very left-leaning lawyers. They're fun. Uh, I told him, I looked at him, and I was like, listen, as your friend, you can tell me right now mm-hmm. that you have to have this position because it's your mm-hmm. job. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But as your friend for a decade now, when you say it's not. It makes me think you're crazy. Right. Right. Like, come on. Yeah. Like exactly, And it makes me right? not want to hang out with you. Exactly. B- because it's like, there's something off there. Yeah. And he was like, I'll never admit. And I was just like, cool. We don't talk as much now because I don't get how you think. And now I can't trust you mm-hmm. because that makes no sense what you're saying. It makes no Better. sense. And it's kind of like beer, right? Because... I mean, I'm
4: just not a fan of beer. I just don't get it. It makes Mm -hmm. you bloated, it makes you pee a whole lot, and people really seem to enjoy beer. I'm not down on beer. You shouldn't go to jail for using a beer, you know, for Mm -hmm. having a beer, or for having three beers, maybe even four beers. You know, and if that's what makes you happy, by all means, have your beer. You know, it's, it's ridiculous, though, when you see law enforcement and when you talk to them, um, and they come up with all of these things. Well, you know, it destroys your brain, and it doesn't make you so smart. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, I'm so much smarter than this guy standing in front of me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know,
4: <laughs> I don't even know what he's. I mean, it's right. unbelievable, right? So it's.
3: Yeah, law enforcement's
4: been the most shocking.
3: And that was, you know, this is season three. Season two, we did Humboldt. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the beginning, you know, there's a little cat and mouse Mm -hmm. game with the, you know, weed growers and the police. But then once there was more recognition, Mm -hmm. national Mm -hmm. stuff, it seemed like the state and the police way Mm overcorrected and started Mm -hmm. doing camp, which Mm was... militarized policing mm-hmm. at the earliest that's, that's stage not of the it. police as much as that's the politicians exactly that's the, the people yeah. making those calls making the decisions of, yeah so it seems like it is something like Okay, it's a little back and forth, but then once cannabis takes a step to be legitimized mm-hmm. and in the industry and to be like, hey, we're here, we're mm-hmm. anybody else, then sometimes the other side comes back really hardcore and is like going send SWAT teams into dispensaries and stuff. The well, biggest
4: issue with policing right now that that I see in, in cannabis is... Um, Cops have lost a lot because you remember you also had asset forfeiture, right? So if I got pulled over and they found a joint in my Mm. car, they could take my car.
1: That's huge in Tennessee. That was their big thing. And that's that's the thing that I would harp on him about. I was Mm. like, you guys are, it's highway robbery what you're doing. It's exactly what
0: it is. It's crazy.
1: Yep. That you can lose your house, your car, your property, your business. The Tennessee Highway Patrol has a semi. Why does it, why does the Tennessee Highway Patrol have a semi, a truck, tractor trailer? because they seized it (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) so there's ones where it has the markings of a police car but it's a track it makes me insane to look at because i'm like no sell that give it to school (laughs) there's just so much better ways to be using that money
4: and then the issue when you look in the black community what is also shocking to me
1: is that the cops? Are they it's, gone? <laughs> <laughs> they found
4: us. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the other side that you look at is it's crazy in the in the black and brown communities because police use cannabis as. A level for harassment because you know guess what you can do if you come knock on my door on a friday night guess what's in my house you know what i mean so that's a reason for us to come busting in there and figure out what else you got going Mm -hmm, on right um it's a reason to you know scare people it's a reason to keep people terrified it's a reason to keep people under control And so when you start to take away um, that ability for harassment, and when you think about people like Trayvon Martin, the reason he was kicked out of school was because they found an empty bag of weed on him, so they kicked him out of school for three days. And then this happens to him. Mm -hmm. And then you see with every black defendant that is shot and killed by the cops, the first thing that the cops put out is there was weed in their system both on John sitting in his apartment eating ice cream on a Friday night in his underwear enjoying himself a drunk cop walks in blows him out of <laughs> blows him away on his sofa and then 2 days later the cops put out there was a bong next to him so, wait a minute he was sitting in his apartment having ice day? cream and a drunk cop came in and shot him so hmm. why are we talking about the bong exactly. you know so it becomes something every time you know for cops to discredit somebody over it. and it's amazing to me that the united states um, community of people buy into the idea that you must be a bad person because you had a bong in your house. It's mm. it's not even, it's
1: ugh. They use that stigma, which is years of propaganda from the Hearst family and the mm-hmm. drug companies mm-hmm. and then the insurance companies figured yep. out. This is when it really hit home to me why it was truly illegal, and I say this on the podcast every episode, is it's not going to get federally legal till the insurance companies mm. and, and these, these uh, fleecing systems in the court, in the justice system, because cannabis stays in your system for 30 days. Mm-hmm. It's fat-soluble. Mm-hmm. So when I got in trouble for DUI, which I should have gotten trouble for because I was DUIing,
0: <laughs>
1: and because I was a dum dum. I noticed that I couldn't smoke pot while I was in trouble because I I could get drug tested. Mm -hmm. But I could drink non fucking stop. Yep. As long as I didn't get tested. Yep. 12 hours. 12 hours. Yep. And then I learned I could do cocaine. Cocaine. 12 12 12 hours. (laughs) 12 fucking
2: hours.
3: (laughs) Yep.
1: But because people use marijuana to come off hard drugs and like to alleviate pain everyone that uses hard drugs also uses marijuana yep and that's where they flipped it and said it's a gateway drug no it's a gateway off drug it it's gets you off, off. Drugs. Good point. and they also they lie to you about it that's why I don't want a lie to my kids about it yep because the and I say this in my act too it also it I get passionate about certain stuff they because they lied to me about marijuana the first time I got properly stoned. Mm-hmm. A week later, I tried cocaine because I was like, "What the fuck else?" <laughs> what, are else are <laughs> and then what else? What else? You try cocaine and you're like, nope, they're telling the truth about this one. This one's bad. <laughs> this one is bad." But they shouldn't lie about Damn. the other stuff because of this. What's I'm not. I thank God I'm smarter than most and was at myself to be like, "This is bad. Yep. No one should be this confident ever, ever, mm. ever." <laughs> Or awake that long? (laughs) Yes. There's a reason we go to sleep. Yes. Yeah. No. It was just so clear that that's, and then you learn about how they police the black community, and it was just I was just like, oh
4: no. Well, even how they market Mm -hmm. it to you, you know, and they, you know, they tell you, you know, within the black community, they want to. Blame, you know, cannabis for the reason that Ray Ray been off the couch in four years, you know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. no, Ray Ray's got other issues that he needs to deal with. And he's self-medicating, you know, yeah. with, with the cannabis, yes. you know, so mm-hmm. we need to find out what else is, you know, hurting Ray Ray right now. It's, mm. And it's, or not the, and it, it's it not could the it week. be
1: that Ray Ray's only job he can get is a dead end job? So what the fuck's the point of getting off that couch?
4: <laughs> <laughs> what else are you going to do all day, right?
1: Exactly. No, I hear you. There's like, I there's several you. motivating factors into all this that they don't want to talk about because it holds poor people down more and than it holds the th- different
4: groups of cannabis right so we own how many companies do i own right now i don't know well, three or four companies right now so three or four companies my husband and i are up at 5 o'clock every morning we're running with the dogs you know we're handling everything mm-hmm. um you know my brother who was the the, the felon is running my growth facility you know he's up with us i mean amazing people in society doing all the things we're supposed to um, you know, volunteering, you know, saving puppies, you know, doing the whole nine yards Mm -hmm. and cannabis is a uplifting part to what we do. You know, Thanksgiving at my house is never an argument with the family. The family's (laughs) always happy. It's because my husband spikes everything, you know, cannabis, you know, (laughs) you know, so everybody is happy. We don't have these, you know, situations where people are fighting at our house and breaking things and we ain't got none of that.
1: My family's not a drinking family. (laughs) <laughs> like, I, you know, there's aunts and uncles will sneak off, and yep. you know, once I got old enough, like, mm-hmm. hey, you smoke? Oh, and now they love what I do because I send mm-hmm. them real good stuff. Mm-hmm. They're reaping their early sowing the seed to me, but that drama of alcohol, yep, there was never like hearing other people's family drama about thanksgiving and stuff and i was just like i just don't we don't have that we don't have that mm-hmm. problem we're
3: just like, smoking
1: weed. well yeah. well not everybody yeah, just like yeah. a couple people after everybody else goes to bed mm-hmm. but like you know you'd hear other people like so and so dad and the uncle got in a fight and you're like why well they were they've been drinking they've been day. drinking yeah. all day long oh, so is it. that's oh well no shit yeah
4: but alcohol everybody loves it you know it comes in fancy bottles and you can buy a whole bunch of it at the liquor store
3: and that's why like I'm very excited because I do believe that cannabis can open these doors for people to understand in different ways because you know my family you know we're half of my family were weed dealers the other (laughs) half were sex workers (laughs) and because we grew up that's a good mixture and and, and And the family crest is real interesting (laughs) 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 But when the ideas of white privilege started coming out, because some of my family had grown up in you know poverty and mm-hmm. in rough scenarios, mm-hmm. they were like, I never felt privileged. And then I was like, the industry we are in has statistics to prove that you benefited from it. And they were always like... Yeah, that is true. Yeah. But then remember,
4: though, that the mm -hmm. privilege doesn't come from and, and people get caught up in the individuality like, well, I didn't make any and I haven't been held back. But the privilege comes from when they say white privilege is it's not necessarily that you have gained anything because you're white it's that you didn't lose anything because you're white mm-hmm. and being black. Sometimes, you know, I can be just sitting here and lose something because, yes. <laughs> sure. oh. because I, you know what I mean? I, I can have, go get some Skittles and lose my life because exactly. I'm black, mm-hmm. not because of, um, y- you know, it's
3: not about gaining. It's about what you lose. Yeah. And that's what I tried to inform him about. I was like, Hey man, like, you had opportunities that some people lost, not because you were better at the job or not better at the job of dealing. It was just because of who you are. So I do think that through cannabis, there can be a lot more information out there and understanding of being like, hey, it also means that, you know. Do you remember that first first time we were in
1: Eugene recording on the side of that hill and uh, (laughs) that those black dudes in the van drove up and we've been interviewing people for two straight days. Mm-hmm. Those are the probably the first like group of black people we saw. And those dudes got out of the van and mm-hmm. checked to see what we were up to because we were in their spot where they come mm-hmm. to pick stuff up. But it hit me, you know, because th- we didn't stop the interview, but they came to check mm-hmm. out who we were and they were listening. What y'all
4: doing over here? It was,
1: and it was very clear FBI? to me. <laughs> I was like, fucking white people that we've talked to didn't have to think. They, did. they mm-hmm. never did that. Mm-hmm. And like it didn't make me uncomfortable that, that I knew immediately what they were doing, but it was this thing that I was like, "Oh, that fucking sucks." I was like, because we're out in the woods and they still have to be like, "Who are these fucking white people we don't?"
4: Know? <laughs> okay, no, what are they doing? Yeah,
1: they're, well, they're, do, they're FBI, they're FBI for sure. They look, they look shady. They look like the FBI the other white people I was with, the, we're on their land, mm-hmm. didn't look weird when this van pulled up, so I knew not to be weird. Mm-hmm. I it was just something I noticed where I was like no one else has been that concerned with us because they don't have to be. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. It that's wasn't exactly like,
1: it. like why are they being nosy? It was like I know exactly why because they, they need to be nosy. <laughs> that's exactly it. Because they're in the middle of Oregon and they have dark skin and I'm sorry that's well and if not even being Portland fine. You are in danger.
4: Two mm-hmm. days ago, there was a cop car parked out in front of our house for a long time. And, you know, me, Scott, and Rick were all standing in the window. We're like, what are they doing out there? What's going on? Why are yeah. they out there? Why, what, are they, what are they up to? What, I mean, I mean and, and we're perfectly fine. There's no yeah. reason why they would be out there for us. But, you know, why is this cop car in yeah. front of our house for two seeing hours?
0: Seeing the police could be the scariest thing you could imagine seeing for a black person.
4: Terrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even when you're not doing nothing but sitting in your
2: house. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. There are
1: parts of, in college... I was like let me drive to my black friends and they were like thank you mm-hmm. and then you gotta have, white you gotta have like, a good friend sometimes why are you can, doing that, that can drive like, while you're oh, white, because you know? i won't get pulled over for driving yep. you guys mm-hmm. we're all going to smoke weed i can i can drive If yep. if trevor drives we might get pulled over we're gonna get pulled over for fucking sure. driving for sure for sure just educate just like for sure. where are you from like, i'm from a small town in east tennessee where there aren't many black people but i understand how the world works man it's crazy right well it was because i came from uh, racism was something that still deeply confuses me mm-hmm. i'm from a place there wasn't like maybe one or two black people mm-hmm. And then there were racist people, which fascinated me because I was like, we don't know any black people. How can you not like them?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I don't like Kevin because that shit he pulled last week. That's who I don't like. Yeah, right. Like a whole group of people I don't understand. Yeah,
4: no, it's like dislike all mm-hmm. of them. And then not I went to play baseball in
1: college. I was, I came from farmers and teachers, so mm-hmm. I didn't know I was poor. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Because I didn't want for anything or need yep. for anything. Mm-hmm. But then I realized, like, oh, I'm like, I, I related to the black kids on the baseball team because we didn't have anything. Yep. And we knew how to hustle and get, and like, so it was just this interesting education for me uh, for about how things worked. But just because my parents were just like, no, the reason you don't like somebody is because of who they are, not because of not white. the color of the skin. Right. None of that.
4: Yep. And it's kind of crazy, my mom is white and British, and so I keep both feet firmly planted um, definitively in my blackness and you know the one thing that um, I stay on the cop's ass here in Colorado, but because no, I, don't, I well, and it 's because i don't really have any fear of it, right because as you said before, um, and I, privilege is a weird word, but when you grow up um, around the table with white folks when you're going to school with them. Um, you know, I speak the language and I'm not afraid and I've got three senators on speed dial and the governor's my friend. So it gives me a lot of opportunity to not have to be as fearful sometimes as where my black friends are like, mm-hmm. Whoa, what's going on? You know, maybe we should just, you know, pipe down I'm like, you know, fuck these bitches. Yeah, <laughs> you know on what I mean? like, what, What's what I mean? going on here? Why, you know? And I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not going to shrink who I am as an American citizen because there's a cop over there because I'm not really worried about them, you know, mm-hmm. me personally, right? But my husband and my brother and I have a pact at our house that we will not call 911. So we were fortunate. We bought into a neighborhood here in Colorado um, almost 15 years ago, and we have a ridiculously large, beautiful home. Um, it's a regentrified neighborhood, and we got it for next to nothing, And but now it's all hot and exciting around our house, right? <laughs> um, and we have joked about it, but it's a very serious thing with us is, if anybody breaks into our house, we need to handle it. Because if we call 911, my brother and my husband are going to get shot because the mm-hmm. cops are going to assume that they're the intruders. Mm-hmm. Because why would a black family be in this house in this neighborhood? You know what I mean? So they must be the bad guys. It's like
1: that Dave Chappelle bit where he's like, hey, they, put, they, put, they broke in and put pictures of this man in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Exactly. Yeah. And
4: I mean, that's a real live thought in our yeah. household. You know, it's, it's crazy craziness
1: where do I, I think cannabis is an important i think and i say this a lot on this i and i've said in a lot of different podcasts because there's certain things i've realized doing this that we have to repeat just to get through people's heads mm-hmm. is cannabis can save society in a way that i don't think people understand Yep. because of the way it's grown yep it it forces community because you can't grow it in large, large, like, like huge, big agriculture. It doesn't, res- the plant doesn't respond. So you're yep. not going to get the quality, yep. which is beautiful. Yep. And it, because it's a social drug and it is a, um, it's a medicine that our bodies actually have receptors for. I remember yep. when I first learned that, mm, I yep. was like, what in the f- yeah. <laughs> it's one of those, it's like when I, and I said when I grew the first plant, doing as little as humanly possible. Mm. And I was like I basically grew that on accident and it was illegal for 100 years. That's crazy.
4: Did it work for you? when you? Because I tried to grow a plant when I was in high school and it grew but it never budded and I, was I didn't my, understand why. It didn't I was, about, I was in my wrong, 30s. No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. I was
1: terrified oh, you, to do anything like yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> uh... Yeah, just because I just didn't want to make my mom mad. Um, And then I became a professional stand up comedian, so that didn't last long. Uh, Not wanting to make her mad. Made her real mad. (laughs) Yeah. For a long time, she just said, I talked for a living. I was like, there's more. Well, there's not a lot. (laughs) But I talk funny, mom. I talk funny. I know when you change my voice in a weird way. That's right. Um, But it. It's. It can change, it'll change the way we we go about growing our food, which will change the way we communicate yep. uh, with each other, which will in turn change the way we govern our world and yep. what our goals will be. Mm-hmm. It will also force us to stop looking in these communities and be like, well, black people smoke smoke so marijuana. So much weed. It's they're like, bad. You know, like, I re- it just reminds me of when I moved, to Seattle from, uh, I've never been west of Texas. I lived there a while. And my, he's not even redneck, he's just country. <laughs> Cousin, who I grew up with and I love, we were at my grandma's house for Christmas. He's like, you, you out there living in Seattle, you live in tree houses smoking weed every day. And I just, I was like, I was like, man, think about what you just said. You said all those things like that was a bad thing. I was
0: like, weed. I was like you smoking kidding?
1: weed all day and living in a treehouse. You said it was like a bad thing. And he, you see his face. He was like, oh, fuck. No. I don't know. Oh. And then I was like, and you taught me how to smoke weed.
2: Mm-hmm. There you
1: go. So how are you against it? And he just those those thoughts past the whatever's been drilled in his head, you could tell, and then it was like, oh.
4: But you know what, though? To quote somebody else who put it really eloquently was Bob Marley, and he says, alcohol is the destruction of a nation and cannabis is the healing of a nation. And, I mean, it's exactly that, right? I I mean, it's, um, who knew when we started this uh, entree into cannabis a long time ago that we were going to discover that it could help with epilepsy. Um, and if you've ever seen a child, a child, child, a baby have a grand mal seizure, I mean, there is nothing. And you know, and I understand when you look into the Middle Ages and you read about you know them doing exorcisms on, on children and stuff like that, when you see somebody, and I haven't seen an adult have it, but to see a young four-year-old, five-year-old kid actually have a grand mal seizure, they can literally break their bones when their mm. muscles tighten up and it contorts their body in all kinds of different pain. And when you see their parents put, you know, a drop of cannabis oil under their tongue, and five seconds later you see their body relax. It, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's one thing to get stoned and I'm all about it, but oh my goodness, you know. Why would you prevent that? Why would you, you prevent that? And if that was my child and I was a parent, Oh my god i don't care what state i lived in or what law enforcement says we're going to do this mm-hmm. you know so it was amazing to me when we started this you know we were going to free people and 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 do all the things that were there had no idea that children would be one of the biggest benefactors that we see or women with breast cancer that have children that are like i can you know, deal with my pain on chemo and still be a mom to my child and not be out on Oxycontin, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. not there all the time. So all of these amazing things come with it. And on top of it, it makes you giggle. What's so wrong with that? <laughs> right. What's so wrong with
2: that? Mm-hmm.
1: I had to prove a point in court uh, a couple years ago and I didn't have to stop, but it would make it made my life easier if I stopped for a couple of months to prove a point. <laughs> If you guys understand, <laughs> you do as a polit- that was plain. Those that was, that was a proven a political point while also proving mm-hmm. another point to some people. Um, uh, there was multiple people I've proven points to. Uh, but when I got to smoke again, mm-hmm. I've never really articulated this before, but it was. It made me feel whole in again, mm-hmm. whole in a way that I didn't think about, and it, it was just. I'm sorry, man, i really hadn't thought of this. as like I'm having a real moment here, you guys. <laughs> uh, it was. It, it made me so mad. I think is what it did was that we're preventing this from humanity
2: yeah mm-hmm.
1: because like it didn't make my life worse that i wasn't smoking it but it made my life better when i did start smoking it again okay. in a way that i was like this is stupid that there's a fight over this at all when exactly there's no the only argument is it's keeping four or five people richer that's fucking it yep sorry i get like i just had this moment where i I hadn't thought about that moment in a long time where mm-hmm. i felt like a person yeah. again yeah. where it was like it made me and like she was yeah she, it was <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to it's, it. don't real, know, it's real though yeah. no, it's real it's very real yep. in a way that like i get migraines i don't have to take pills i don't i don't like yep. pills i uh yep. i struggle with depression from time to time. Yep. And I've learned that because of this, because of cannabis and exercise and yep. knowing that I don't have to, I've also watched SSRIs take some people away from me. Yep. Uh, forever and for long periods of time. Yep. And it, it makes me mad yep. because it's very clear what's happening yeah it and i think that's the catalyst for this podcast is like sure i love weed and i can smoke most people under the table mm-hmm. not as a pride thing it's just a fact mm-hmm. but what listen if i love to get drunk in my 20s mm-hmm. i loved it it was fun mm-hmm. but i didn't do a fucking podcast about it i wasn't it didn't speak to me like i knew i would always quit drinking like the second i got drunk i was like this is something i'll stop doing one day Mm -hmm. i don't really love this this is more socially acceptable but cannabis was something i was like i'm gonna do this my whole life like this is very clear i don't see any downside to this other than like not knowing where i get it
4: Mm -hmm. well let's talk about you know drinking when you're you know, the older that you get, and you know the recovery period. You know, I, I laugh now because you know, once again, being a military officer, right? So, those times where I didn't um, smoke for that five years in the military, you could go to the officer's club and you can get top shelf alcohol for 75 cents, right? Because it's the military. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, you know, as a military member, you know, the more people you can drink under the table, if you can outdrink the Marines, you know, ooh-rah, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? This is, yeah. you know, Ooh, this is great, right?
1: It's respect. Yeah. Respect, yeah. right?
4: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> now I have like three glasses of wine and now that third one I'm like oh damn I should have stopped at two and then the next two days I'm walking around with like my head just hurt on no. slides, my stomach going for <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere I mean it's just not worth the recovery and then you find out the reason why you have that response is because you've poisoned your body yes. and, and everything yes. in alcohol it's is reacting poison. negatively against everything in your system mm. and, and your cells are rejecting it. And your portal little body is like, help me. Help it's, me. The same, well, <laughs>
1: and it's the same as like opioids and these pain medications yep. they give right. you. Listen, yep. your body should be sore because you just did a thing to it. And that's why <laughs> it's telling you, Hey, stay off this leg. You mm-hmm. can't use it. It hurts right now. So we got to stay off of it. It'll heal itself yep. that's what it does but if you put if you put opioids and stuff on that and you power through that then you got to use those pills for the rest of your life because that pain doesn't go away because you didn't let it heal
4: and the Mm -hmm. pills don't fix anything in your body to where cannabis can actually begin to heal you
3: but the pills all they do is you don't have opioid receptors yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) never heard of that one. and they would know if you did
1: we would all know about that (laughs) that slacker family but let me tell you about opioid
2: receptors
1: um okay, let's, how statements. are we doing okay i just gotta because the way we cut this off we're at 50 right now um
3: we could do i, I would um, like to ask more about your job today, let's do this let's okay. do this let's i'm gonna, I'm gonna
1: oh right like knowledge uh-huh. like knowledge mm-hmm. there's knowledge coming out you guys uh we're having fun um tune in next week to hear the rest from wanda and to hear And uh, check out our new bumper at the end here. Pretty cool. Right? Grow your own, you guys. We love you. Thank you for supporting us. Goddamn. You guys are the best. Love you
3: guys.